0: What is good news? The good news is that God's grace, undeserved, unmerited, unconditional favor of God is towards you. Even before you lifted one single uh, finger to receive Jesus, God has already answered your prayers. God has already healed you. God has secured your position. Today you are seated far above. So sin shall not have dominion over you. That means sickness shall not have dominion over you poverty shall not have dominion over you you don't have to live after flesh you can live after spirit amen this is the grace of God that has appeared unto men because it has appeared unto men now we have the power to say no to ungodliness we have power to say no to worldly passions amen so this is living after the spirit and not living after the flesh. Amen. Let me read that scripture for you to get more clarity. Titus chapter 2 verse number 11 and verse number 12. Please put your eyes on that. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Amen. Let me read in NLT version. For the grace of God has been revealed Bringing salvation to all people. Amen? Verse 12. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, ungodly lives in this present age. Amen. It says the grace of God has appeared the gospel the good news is the power unto salvation what is salvation not just eternal life healing prosperity deliverance it's a complete package now because of this good news because of this gospel because of you understanding the grace of God It says in the book of Proverbs 16.6, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. That means you can have dominion over sin. You can purge the sin. You can remove the sin. By mercy and truth. In the Old Testament, it was mercy and truth. In the New Testament, Amen. in the book of John chapter 1, it says, grace and truth came through jesus christ amen so grace untruth purges iniquity grace untruth reveals the goodness of god grace untruth you saw in verse number 12 helps us empowers us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions meaning say no to uh, the desires of the flesh. Say no to the laziness of flesh. Say no to the uh, wrong lifestyle of flesh. Say no to the harsh words of the flesh. Say no to the hatred of the flesh. Say no to the revenge of the flesh. Say no to the adultery of flesh. Say no to all ungodliness, that the flesh wants to do. Amen. Amen. This is living after the spirit. So how you can live? By understanding. By understanding that you were buried. By understanding that your old nature was crucified. By understanding that your your body does not reckon. Your body does not uh, uh, follow the sinful nature or sinful patterns. Your body is no longer subject to sin. By constantly viewing that. By constantly Constantly knowing you will be able to put off your flesh. You will be able to put off stinginess. You will be able to put off lethargy. You will be able to put off everything that God has removed from you. Because the old nature was removed. The residue is left. That means this residue can be in uh, removed by you. Why by you? Because your spirit was saved. Your mind has to be renewed and your body has to be disciplined and this is your part to do. it says now to these add adver- word now to this faith add virtue that means it is us who add virtue. it is us who add faithfulness. it is us that means we have to cooperate why we have to cooperate. If we don't cooperate, if we continue to live in flesh, that means we are yielding to Satan, we are yielding, we are submitting to Satan. If we are submitting to Satan, that means he has foothold in our life. If you give him a foothold, he will occupy the whole territory. So you are welcoming him with a red carpet. But if you, if you cooperate with the flesh, if you submit to Satan, that means you are yielding to Satan, that means the residue of sin, residue of sin will come. Sickness, poverty, oppression, problem, peacelessness, anxiety, depression. All the residue of sin and death, the law of sin and death will operate if we cooperate with the flesh and yield to Satan. That is the number one way, number one reason that we do not want to cooperate with flesh. We do not want to yield to Satan because we have been empowered. We can. We, We are the devil's masters. So we can dominate. We don't have to be subject to our flesh. And number two reason we want to Uh, live uh, live after the spirit so that with our fellow brethren with the uh, people with the body of christ with the world we show that we are the children of god we we are the light and salt to the earth we are we are producing the righteous acts so that it helps us to live in peace and harmony with the people in the world Amen. Your, your, your holy works, your righteous works, your holiness is not going to secure your position uh, before God. It is not going to please God. God is already pleased. So does that mean I don't live in flesh because I I go and live in flesh? Does that mean that God is already pleased? So I go on sin, I go on ill to Satan, I go on uh, let go and I love my emotions and my body, my wrath and all the other things to dominate me. If I do that, if I'm going to do that, uh, you know what? That means the residue of sin is going to be seen. Just because God has set me free does not mean I continue to do that. Because if I continue to do that, God's love for me does not change. Because God is love. Hear me. But our love will change for God our hearts will be hardened. If we now think, I can go on to live after flesh because it is not going to change my relationship with God. So if you don't pray, so if you don't fast, so if you don't make an attempt uh, and discipline your body, so now if you don't walk after flesh and continue to do the uh, things of uh, Satan, At that time, our hearts will continue to harden and we will be away from God. If we don't have fellowship with the children of God, if we don't go to church, we don't hear God's word, then our hearts are becoming far from God. Our love is becoming cold towards God. God's love towards us is always warm. If our love towards him is cold, then when you put them together, it becomes lukewarm and it does not help. So God's love towards us is always warm. It is always ready, always hot. It never ever grows cold. So we should not allow our love towards God to grow cold. So we have to keep the fire burning brighter. That is by studying the word of God and following, practicing the word of God, not just the hearers, but doers. By doing that, we keep the flame on. We keep the fire on. Amen. Glory to God. So that is the reason now when we know we are free from performance, yet it helps us, it strengthens us, it has given us such freedom. We are no longer in any performance mentality. Now our motive for prayer is not to receive something from God. Our motive for prayer is to thank God. Our motive for prayer is to talk to God. Our motive of prayer is just to have fellowship with God, just to have communion union with God like a best friend like your spouse like your best colleague that is the motive of prayer motive of prayer is not asking God our list of prayer requests that God you do this to me You must know that God has done this to you. Amen. Now our motive of fasting is not that I will twist the arm of God to give me something. No. Now the motive of fasting is that I train my body. I I starve my body. I blow a strike to my body. I beat my body. I train my body so that my body will not dominate. So my sin will not dominate. So I, I continue to uh, train I, by fasting, by speaking in tongues, by reading God's word, whether I like it or no. Initially, you may not feel like doing it. There are days sometimes you may feel like praying, you may not feel like reading God's word, you may feel like doing. It may be that your love for God is like a sine wave, goes up, and down, up, and down. But God's love for you is always a straight line. Amen. His love is constant towards you. Amen. When you know his thoughts are constant towards you, he's always thinking about you. He's so in love with you. When you know how much he loves you, you will end up enjoying his company. Amen. So you will end up praying more. You will end up living a holy life unintentionally. Amen. That is the power of the gospel. That is the power that you must understand. Amen. So today I would like to give you another tip. How now you can live after the Spirit. I remember last year when I was uh, doing my Bible reading of the book of Romans, this particular verse uh, touched my heart and I was meditating on that. It came alive when the Spirit of God spoke to me and I I read that in many versions and I found that Romans chapter 6 verse number 11 in TPT version, when I saw that it helped me how I can continually be in view of what God has done, that helps you. You to live after the Spirit. Let me read that scripture and then we will study. Romans 6:11 in NKJV, likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, comparison with TPT translation. So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with Him, you must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's. Appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. Amen. Church, you saw that. It says you must view continually. What is that you view continually? You view continually that you were dead. Your old nature was dead. You were crucified with Christ. You no longer live. Christ lives in you. Continually view. That means continually think about that. Behold that uh, verse. Behold that meaning. Where that you, your body has been dead to sin. You must view that you were buried with Christ. You were da- you, you your sins were dead with Christ. What is that? Now, when you know your sins were dead with Christ, so you have received salvation. So you believe that you were forgiven of your sins. Now we are a forgiven generation. Amen. We believe that, right? Similarly, you must view that continually that your sin was dead that means the result of sin the residue of sin was also dead that means your sickness was dead your poverty was dead your oppression was dead your mental trauma was dead, your anxiety was dead, your depression was dead. Every residue of sin that you see in the world was dead. And because you have placed your faith in Jesus now, your sins, your old nature was dead. That means when there is sickness in your body, you have to continually view that your sickness is dead. So the sickness cannot hold you prisoner, cannot hold you slave any longer. Amen. You have to continually view that your poverty was dead. Amen because sin was dead poverty is the result of sin and where did the sin come from sin came from satan and satan has been stripped of his powers now satan has no dominion over you The Bible says sin has no dominion over you, that means sickness shall not have dominion over you, poverty shall not have dominion over you, depression shall not have dominion over you, anxiety shall not have dominion over you, negative thinking, addiction shall not have dominion over you, no sin can hold you in his prison, Amen. You are free, you are no longer a prisoner. So continually view this truth, continually know this truth. That is why it is so important what you're hearing. It is so important to whom you're hearing. You must hear this good news. You must hear the grace that was appeared, the grace that is revealed. You must hear this. Only then this will empower you, help you. When you view that, when you view that, what happens? Look at that verse continuation. It says, continually view. You must continually view yourself as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure. Amen. Be unresponsive to sin's appeal. There is body pain, there is knee pain, there is headache, there is some report the doctor has given, some problem in the stomach, gastritis, that is sin's appeal. The result of sin. Sin's appeal. Sin is giving you the appeal. Whether you accept it or not, you reject it, is your choice. Be unresponsive. What a beautiful uh, version. How beautifully it, it is explained, right? Be unresponsive. So be unresponsive to the thoughts of sickness. Be unresponsive to the thoughts of poverty. Don't fear your future. Don't fear that this pandemic is going to continue and you're not going to become prosperous. Don't fear, don't appeal to the sin, to the residue of sin, be unresponsive to sin's appeal. Amen. Be unresponsive to that wrath, be unresponsive to that short-temperedness, be unresponsive to that pain in the body because that is fact but the truth is you are healed by His stripes. That is the truth. You have to continually view this continually hear this, continually meditate on this, continually practice this in your words and in your action. When you do that, you are in union with Christ living for God's pleasure. You saw that verse. You are in union with Christ. Christ is already in you. Your mind and your body has to get in union to your spirit that is in the perfect knowledge of what Christ has done. When you have that perfect knowledge of that subject, when you understand your body, your mind, your spirit is in union for God's pleasure. Amen. No wonder it says the whole creation is waiting with the earnest expectation it says in uh, Romans eight nineteen is waiting with earnest expectation that uh, we, the children of God, we shall manifest. And so that uh, the creation will see the manifestation and the glory of God. Amen. When you go on to read uh, Romans 8, 19, 20, 21. When you go on to read that, you understand that how creation is groaning. Creation is travailing in pain and groaning, waiting everything around you. Not only you, my dear friend. Not only you are waiting for your prosperity. Not only that you are waiting for the healing to be manifested. Manifested in your body, not only that you're waiting for you to be married and no more to be single, not only that you're waiting to see your finances grow, even the entire creation is waiting. Waiting on whom? Are they waiting on God? They are waiting on you. God has done his part. Sometimes we say, God, I'm waiting on you. God, speak to me. But the truth of the matter is that God is waiting on us. Amen. Heaven is waiting on us. Angels are looking down from heaven. When the sons of God, we the sons of God be manifested. Amen. In his glory. Amen. That we see first, we be first divine partakers for us. We see that we are the divine partakers of his nature, but we see that manifestation in our body, in our finances, in all the areas of our life. So when we see that when we, when 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 the manifestation are happening, the creation, the heavenly bodies, everybody, the cloud of witnesses, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, everyone is rejoicing. We are giving pleasure to God. Amen. We are created for His pleasure. Amen. So we are created for His pleasure. Is what when we live. To what he wants us to be, Amen. When we live and be the son of God, take dominion, rule, take uh, take up authority. When we live uh, and uh, do have uh, dominion over the flesh, have dominion over Satan, have dominion over power of darkness, when we take up that, you know, we bring pleasure to the Father. Amen. God has bestowed so much of power in us. So now by practicing living in the spirit, we can manifest that glory continue to manifest here and there we see we see the dew drops of manifestation but as we continue to grow continue to renew continue to practice it is a journey Christianity is a journey of renewal of your mind to reality amen it is renewal of your mind to what God has done renewal of your mind that how much God loves now when you renew your mind to the reality It has set you free, you have nothing holding you, so you have no limit, so you don't limit God and you release the power that is inside of you and you manifest his glory and creation is happy and God is very happy for you amen, glory to God, amen, God has done everything that he can so that you can live healthy, you can live happy, so that you can live prosperous, he wants to see heaven on earth, he, he has created everything, amen, when you see the Bible, we understand, you know, Genesis 1, 1 says, In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. But then, uh, when I read the book of Revelation, where it says, even before the foundations of the earth, Christ, the Lamb of God, was slain. That means what, my dear friend? Even before Genesis 1.1, before uh, God created heaven and earth, even before that, there is something. What is that? The lamb. Christ was slain. Amen. God purchased our redemption in his mind. God had already planned how he will redeem his man. Amen. God had already thought of that. So even before Genesis one, uh, God had planned that Jesus would uh, be slain the, before foundations of the earth. The lamb would be slain. Why? So that. You and I as the sons of God will reign and rule on earth in this world. Amen. That is the heart of God. Let's continue to understand this and let's live after the spirit. Amen. We believe you were blessed by this message. Our vision is to make known the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you. You can be a blessing by partnering with Priya Abraham Ministries to share this good news. To partner, visit priyaabraham.org/partner.